Hello and welcome to Taboo Talks. I am your host, Mishkan. You may know me from my weekly Taboo Talks hosted on my Instagram page. But if you're new here, you're probably wondering what this podcast is about. I believe every woman has a story to tell. And here on Taboo Talks, we have open and honest conversations on topics that are both controversial and necessary. From relationship woes to mental health struggles to demystifying social constructs like virginity. Let's change hearts, open minds, and break taboos one story at a time. So this week, I am giving relationship advice to four lovely ladies. And I feel like their questions are really important. So the first question is on inter-ethnic relationships. It goes, hey girl, so... My question is on how to make a relationship between people of different ethnicities work. My boyfriend is half Quebecois, half Italian, and I recently told my parents about him. And while they are both very open-minded in general, they said it's harder to adjust themselves to this idea. Obviously, because he isn't Muslim or Afghan, I knew this was going to be hard to handle, but I had hope. My mom was telling me last night all the concerns she has for the wedding. Sorry, for the future. Will he be paying for the wedding as it normally goes in our culture and so on? However, the plan of getting married is so far from being anytime soon, so I haven't been asking myself these things. On the other hand, my boyfriend is asking me if I'll ever be able to sleep over at his place and travel together before marriage. I told him this is something that my parents are very very likely not to agree with. And I I want to do these things as well, but at the same time, I want to be respectful of my parents' beliefs. So I'm just having a hard time making sure both sides feel happy and that their concerns are dealt with. I want to fight for what feels right, but would I be making a mistake if I took one side over the other? So this is a really complicated question. And in an ideal world, this shouldn't even be a problem. Like, we should all be able to marry who we want without any issue. But despite all the progress we've made, inter-ethnic and interfaith relationships continue to remain controversial. So, I would say, number one, we, you should acknowledge and face the issues. What do I mean by that? So... The biggest problem facing interfaith or interethnic relationships is that the couples sometimes deny that differences actually exist. For instance, your boyfriend asking you when you're going to sleep over or when you guys are going to be able to travel together, this wouldn't be an issue if, for instance, you were dating someone who was both Afghan and Muslim. Because they would just automatically understand that your parents would never be okay with it. So this is what I mean. Um, A lot of people like to say that, you know, opposites attract. But I think that the more similarities you share, the easier marriage will be. And when I say similarities, I don't mean just cultural or religious similarities. I mean... You could both be Afghan, but if the way you view the world, if the way you view your future is not aligning with one another, then it's going to be very, very difficult to be together. 
So even if religion isn't a factor in your life or your relationship, so let's say you're both agnostic, for instance, you still have a different cultural code than your partner, and these differences don't disappear simply because you're in love. So when thinking about your culture, consider what is normal in my family, what are the expectations for the relationship and a prospective family in the future? How do we express our emotions? Then talk about these cultural differences as a couple and face these issues head on. And when is the best time to talk about them? Now. Avoidance won't help the conflict go away. Number two, I would advise you to outweigh the risks and benefits. What may those risks be? Um, it depends. Sometimes it can be isolation, exclusion, and I have so much difficulty pronouncing this word, ostracization. Um, not only from your family, but your community as well. And if you come from an extremely conservative family, your safety and life could even be in jeopardy for going against cultural and religious norms. However, the benefits could entail gaining more independence, more self-autonomy, and reshaping cultural expectations. And of course, marrying someone of your choice whom you love. So you have to ask yourself, is this person worth all the risks I may potentially face? And will you be happy marrying someone you love? but also not be invited to family gatherings anymore or not be able to attend cultural events anymore? Will you be okay if your parents are no longer close to you because they don't agree with your decision? But on the other hand, will you be okay if you, for instance, listen to your parents and do what they think is right, but you lose someone you truly love? Will you be able to move on from this situation or will you grow more and more resentful not only towards your parents but towards yourself as well for not listening and doing what you, you ugh, and not doing what you thought was best for you. So I think a lot of people enter inter-ethnic relationships without considering all the factors that may come into play. But it's really important to think about everything before getting married. Otherwise, you may end up resentful of the choice you made. And also ask yourself, is your partner aware of what you two are up against? For instance, if he's just brushing it off or making light of the situation, or worse, making racist or insulting comments about your family, culture, or religion, then seriously reconsider if this, pers if this is the right person for you. And... Um, you also need to consider how his family will treat you. I mean, a lot of families are against inter-ethnic relationships for this exact reason, because they're worried their daughters will be mistreated and disrespected by the husband's family. But anyways, this is a really good opportunity for you to bring up to your parents that marrying someone from the same ethnicity and religion does not ensure a successful or happy marriage. So sit down and have an honest conversation with your partner and your parents about all of this. It's important that they are with you all the way because you will need a lot of support. And finally, I think just be willing to learn about your partner's culture and willing to learn more about what's important to your partner. Um, for your particular situation, 
I think it's a really good sign that your parents are already open-minded and willing to hear you out. Um, it just sounds like they're a little scared and a little worried about what others may think. And honestly, that's expected in this type of situation. I think the solution to this would be to simply reassure them. Um, tell them about your partner, how you two are so similar in terms of principles, beliefs, values, and lifestyle choices. Because ultimately, that's what's most important in a successful marriage. Tell them about their positive characteristics. Um, so for instance, bring up the fact that he, if he has a good job, bring, mention that. Um, mention that he's really hardworking, stable, financially secure. Does he volunteer? Is he family-oriented? Oh my god, I'm sorry guys, I can't seem to speak today. Is he family-oriented? Is he interested in learning more about your culture and religion? Is he interested in getting to know your family and participating in your cultural practices? These are all things your parents want reassurance on. So have a plan. Engage in open and honest dialogue with both your parents and your partner. And with time, I'm certain they will accept your decision. And more importantly, make the right decision for you. Not your parents, not your community, but truly what is best for you. At the end of your question, you said you wanted to make both sides happy. And while that's really admirable, your first priority should be yourself. Because it's hard to sleep at night knowing you've let people down, but it's even harder sleeping at night knowing you've let yourself down. Guilt is bearable, but resentment is deadly. And I really hope one day that women do not have to fear exclusion isolation, or even violence for making their own choices in life. But I wish you the best of luck, girl. I hope this helped you out. I tried to offer you perspectives from all sides, not just your side, but also from your parents' side. And I hope that you will make the right decision moving forward. And if you two end up getting married, then don't forget to invite your girl to the wedding. So that was question number one. Question number two. Um, so I got married to my husband eight months ago and we were engaged for about nine months. But something has been off lately. He lies to me about how much he gets paid and about what he does with the money. So he tells me he pays his debts, but then I catch him saving up money in his other account I don't know why he does that and I always ask him why and he just doesn't respond. It's not like I'm asking you for money and if you're saving up, I know it's for both of us in our future, but he still hides shit from me, which I really don't like. At times, I feel like his brother is teaching him all these things since he listens to his older brother so much, but then I don't know how to change that lying habit of his. I used to have his online banking password, but then he changed it when his brother started telling him to stop sharing things with me. But then I went into his phone and reset his password, so I have access to it. But I don't think he knows that, and that's how I always catch him lying. Uh, yeah, so that is very, very tricky. Okay, so where to begin? Um... I think the fact that you had to snoop into his account 
shows a lack of trust and honesty in your marriage. Like I always tell my friends, if you have to snoop through your partner's phone, check for texts or follow him around to make sure he is where he says he is, then you've already lost because you shouldn't have to do that at all. You really shouldn't. Um, The fact that he's sharing information with his brother and his brother is advising him not to tell you certain things, I think that's really, really inappropriate. His brother shouldn't be interfering in your marriage and telling him what he should or should not do. But ultimately, the blame goes towards your husband because he's allowing his brother to interfere in his marriage and he's listening to him. There are just so many red flags. Number one, you snooping through his phone. Yes, girl, I'm coming for you too. You're guilty as well. I would be extremely upset if I knew my partner was snooping through my phone or my personal banking accounts without my permission or without my knowledge. I consider that a huge invasion of privacy. However, if he asked me, I would be completely honest with him because I have nothing to hide. So the fact that your husband is not only withholding information from you, but also lying to you about what he's doing is extremely concerning. He's definitely hiding something from you, that much is certain. Because honest people are not secretive. They are not defensive when you try to talk to them and they do not dismiss you when you confront them about their behaviors. And because he's not telling you the truth, there's so much room for, he's leaving you so much room for interpretation. Especially if you're like me and you have a very creative imagination. Is he gambling? Does he have substance abuse problems? Does he have a secret girlfriend? Is he sending money to his parents or brother? What is going on? So there's just so many questions you have simply because he's not telling you the truth. And you need to acknowledge three things. Number one, your husband is dishonest. Number two, his way of communicating with you is by shutting down and dismissing your concerns. And number three, he's easily influenced by his family and will listen to them, even if it means hurting you in the process. But the question is, what are you going to do about it? I think you need to make him aware that you are not playing around anymore. Sit him down and tell him, look, you cannot shut me out and run away from me. I need to know why you lie to me. Because now every time you tell me something, I will assume that that is also a lie. I cannot spend my life with someone who lies. Because if you can lie about this, you can lie to me about anything else. This is unfair and it's unacceptable. You have caused me a great deal of pain because when I married you, I thought I married a man with integrity. Hit him with that integrity line, girl. Like men hate when you question like their manhood. But if it gets the job done, do it. A marriage without trust is a recipe for disaster. Okay, so would you want to hire someone where you constantly had to hover over their shoulders, making sure that they were doing their job properly? Or would you simply hire someone you can trust and you know will get the job done right? You shouldn't have to monitor a grown man's behavior 24-7, especially if he is your husband. 
So the next question is sort of long. She says, so my first boyfriend, who is now my ex, dumped me two days after Valentine's Day this past February. We were in this, we were in school together and in the same circle of friends. He wanted to break up weeks before, but he used Valentine's Day as one last attempt for him to figure out how he feels about me and whether he wants to continue our relationship. But my little heart thought he was finally trying and making an effort because, of course, I had to be special if he wanted to spend Valentine's Day with me, right? He also kissed me, but if he knew he wasn't feeling it, he shouldn't. He should have stopped himself. And while some of his reasons were valid, such as both of us being from different ethnicities, and also because he just wasn't feeling the same way anymore, and thought it would be unfair for, and thought it would be unfair for us to continue being together, but then he calls me not independent simply because. I once told him I want him to talk to me more and check up on me. I don't think that's asking for too much, but he thought it was him having to watch over me. So for the first couple of weeks after the breakup, I blocked him. But my problem is we still have group projects together and also we're in the same circle of friends. So I'm still being nice to him, especially with this whole coronavirus thing going on. We talk, but only in the friend group chats and we acknowledge each other. Does this mean I have no self-respect if I'm still being nice to him, especially if he did me so dirty? Um, I want to begin by saying never allow a man to gaslight you into thinking you're the issue when in reality he simply doesn't want to make an effort. He's going to sit here and make you think you're so demanding and you're so high maintenance when in reality he's just freaking lazy as hell. And people forget that relationships are work. Like, they require time, effort, and consistency from both sides. Otherwise, it will falter. And if you can't afford to do the work, then don't enter in one. Simple as that. He thinks checking up on you is too much work. So why is he in a relationship? Why is he reaping the benefits of being in a relationship when he isn't willing to do the work? I know I keep bringing up job references, but would your job pay you if you weren't coming into your shifts? No. So why are you allowing him access to you if he's not willing to do the work? So think of this breakup as you dodging a bullet and being with someone who thinks checking up on you is being clingy or not independent. That's not the kind of man you want to be with. And as for whether you have self-respect or not, honestly, I don't know how to say this, but you shouldn't have to ask me that. If you have self-respect, you you would know that. You, you know that you respect yourself tremendously and that you have so much self-worth. You would know that. You wouldn't be coming to me and asking me for that advice. But more importantly... Um, I think you lack the ability to establish boundaries. Boundaries isn't just conveying your expectations. It's also following through with actions when someone fails to meet your expectations. So why were you okay with being treated so poorly in a relationship? Why did you feel the need to beg someone to recognize your worth? You should never, ever have to beg someone to treat you right. Ever. Not in friendships and not in relationships. If they don't see your worth, that's their problem, not yours. 
And I think it's really, really important that you recognize that. Otherwise, people will take advantage of you. So sorry if I sounded a little harsh with that one. I mean, that's straight out of love. No hard feelings. Um, I just don't want to see you getting hurt. Because when guys recognize that behavior in women, they're going to take advantage of that. Okay? So never, ever, ever beg someone to treat you right. If you have to, just walk away. I'm being serious. Just walk away. And honestly, it's your first relationship. Like, there's going to be more. He's not going to be the only guy you love, okay? So don't worry about that. Okay, so my last question. I've had someone special in my life for the past couple of years, and while we both feel strongly about each other, we've been putting off a relationship for years down the road. My question is, do you believe in right person, wrong timing? Is the right person supposed to be timeless or is that too fairy tale esque Is it too selfish to want to build yourself up, your own career, without having the responsibilities of being someone's partner? I'm curious to get to know your outlook on this. I think being with someone in our early 20s stunts our own personal growth and independence, such as finding your right career path and finding happiness solo before entering a relationship in hopes of finding it. So that's why we're not willing to sacrifice. Going out with friends we're both very cool about and I have no interest in dating other people. Okay, so this is a really interesting question because oftentimes people will tell you there's no such thing as bad timing. But... I don't know. I feel like that's something people say to women to get them to stay in relationships when they're not really feeling it. Because when a guy says, hey, I want to work on my career, I want to focus on this, I have so much growing to do, I'm so young, we're all very understanding about that. We're like, yeah, for sure, like you're only 20, you really need to focus on this, you should, you know, experience more self-growth before you enter a very committed relationship. But when it comes to women, I feel like we're always hearing this. So here's my take on it. So we hear this all the time, but what exactly is good timing? Because I've never lived a time where everything seemed right, when everything just perfectly fell into place, and when everything was easy and smooth for me to be ready for the perfect love story. Because timing is really inconsistent. It won't be good all the time, nor will it be bad all the time. So maybe we use timing when we're not sure of our feelings or when we don't want to take someone else on a journey with us. And maybe we use timing when we're scared to confront ourselves, our feelings, and let someone else in or let them see what we've been trying to hide from the world. I think a healthy relationship involves two completely developed individuals who grow together but also maintain their independence at the same time. No matter how much you and your partner love one another, if you're still battling issues of codependency, then the timing of your relationship is wrong. So fix yourself and stand happily on your own two feet before you focus on someone else. I think it's also important to be financially independent before you get into a committed relationship which would lead into marriage. It not, it not only makes you desirable, but you never want to depend on your partner for stability in life. 
But more importantly, I think that if you want time apart from someone, you don't need a reason to justify your decision. Whether you want to focus your time on your career or travel the world or simply because you want to become the best version of yourself possible before being with someone else, I don't think you need a reason. If you want time apart from someone, trust that instinct of yours. You don't need to feel guilty or bad about it. You don't need to sit here and be like, oh, well, we've already been together for... No, you don't need a reason. Trust yourself. Spending time apart, especially when you're both very young, might actually be good for both of you. Sometimes you need to give some breathing room to let things grow. Probably you might not... You, <laughs> Sorry. Maybe you might even need to grow into each other with some time apart. It might work out to the positive end with things being clearer for the both of you. And oftentimes we get muddled with external factors such as school, family, work, and they might affect either one of you in ways that you can't really predict. And this in turn may affect your relationship causing focus to get lost. So some time apart might put the two of you back into the focal point of things. However, there's also the possibility, though, that as you spend time apart, you might mature and have a better understanding of what you want. And this might turn out to be someone else altogether. And there's no harm for you then to move on. So I think that ultimately, your gut is trying to tell you something and you should just trust it. You don't need to feel guilty about it. If you two are meant to be together then you will be together but if you want time apart to grow into becoming the best version of yourself to focus on your career to travel the world or do what you want then that's perfectly fine you don't need a reason to take time apart from someone but you also need to acknowledge that hey by the time you get your shit figured out he might have already moved on or maybe you won't like who he is anymore because you've changed so much as a person so you have to be willing to take those risks risks as well but ultimately just trust yourself because you know yourself best at the end of the day anyways so that was a long episode and that concludes this week's episode of taboo talks i'm sorry if things were a little jumbled up i'm still getting used to this (laughs) Believe it or not, like just talking into a mic is really, really hard. (laughs) Um, Anyways, join me next week where I tell you which 10 Afghan men you should not marry. It's going to be a controversial one. Uh, Yeah, don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow me on Instagram, mishgan.writes. Have a lovely day. Thank you.